This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Ezekiel 22 verse 30. I'm actually having about four directions inside me. Clashing. Go this way. Go this way. Go this way. Hallelujah. Ezekiel 22.30. 22.30. Hallelujah. Jesus, I love you. I sought for a man among them that he should make up the edge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Next verse. Even though it's verse 30 that, Therefore have I poured out my indignation upon them. I have consumed them my fire, the fire of my wrath. The, their own way have I recomposed on, onto their head, seared the Lord. In other words, if I had found a man, I wouldn't have paid them according to their, uh, their results or their deeds. But I found no man. How important is the ministry of intercession? The second place where we take our seat is 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 1. Paul knew the importance of this stuff that he started by saying that I exalt 1 Timothy 2 1. 1 Timothy 2 1. He said, I exalt therefore the first of all. When you see first of all in the Bible, learn to put first thing first in our lives. That means most importantly, before every other thing, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks being made for all men. Never complain about somebody you are not praying for. Next verse. <laughs> Hallelujah. That means however good any man is, he needs supplication, intercession, prayers, and giving of thanks. Even if you marry an angel, he needs one. Now, the Bible didn't say anything about women needing it. <laughs> but it's a generic time for both men and women, actually. For kings and for all that are in authority. Many Christians don't because you're angry with the people in authority. An average citizen of any nation is angry with the people in authority. But the Bible doesn't care whether you like them or not. You owe them something. And that is your prayer. And the result will be that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. If you don't pray for all men, if you don't pray for your children, don't expect peace. If you don't pray for your wife or your husband, the Bible said the way to having peace and prosperity in all godliness and honesty is that prayers must be offered for all men and women. Say amen. Everyone that is a child of God has this ministry. Paul didn't say pastors. He said he was speaking to everybody that this should happen to all men. There is a reason. You see, the Bible says 
We have not an high priest who cannot sympathize with the feelings of our infirmity. But he himself being tempted in every without sin, he is able to help. What chapter is that one? Or where? Hebrews chapter 2. Go to the end. Then. But I'm more interested in Hebrews chapter 7. Hebrews 2. Let's read first of all. Part of our assignment. Okay, 4 actually. What is in Hebrews 2? Towards the end. Sorry, I mixed them up. Hebrews 2. Towards the end. It's actually 4 I'm looking for. I made a mistake. But I just want to see. Hebrews 2. Maybe there's something that got my attention there. Hebrews 2. Give me the last five verses in Hebrews 2. He was talking about the high priest as well. Yes, okay. For as much then as children are partakers of flesh and blood, he himself took part in the same. He decided to experience what others were experiencing. We'll go back to Hebrews 4. That paints a picture, but I just want to see Hebrews 2. Hebrews 4. Now the Bible said that we don't have high priest. He can be touched with the feelings of infirmity. He was at all point tempted as we are yet without sin. Next verse. Let us therefore, in other words, Jesus knows about your shortcomings. And because he cares so much, he can be approached at all times. Are you following me? But I'm trying to get us into something about intercession. Hebrews 7, let's start from 21. Hallelujah. Now, priests were made without oh, this one, without, and now priests after the other Melchizedek. So all of them talking about priests again. Jesus. Next verse. By so much, Jesus was made a surety of a better covenant. Let's keep to where he said he is able to save the uttermost. Down, just go more. 25. Wherefore, he is able. Let's start from 24. Amen. But this man, because he continued forever at an unchangeable priesthood, his priesthood doesn't change. And the Bible says, oh glory, that's beautiful. Yes, the priests in Old Testament, death did not allow them to continue. And the Bible said, they themselves, they had infirmities. So they will put blood on themselves and they will enter the air. And when they wrongly enter like Nadab and Abel, they died. But the Bible said there is a priest that continues forever. Amen. It doesn't change. Isn't it wonderful that your prophet and your priests live forever? Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Amen. Now the Bible said because he lives forever, he is able to do what others cannot. Now that, that's the next verse, verse 25. Now he is able to save them to the uttermost they that come to God by him. Seeing he ever liveth. To make intercession. Now, the Bible calls the word of God two-edged sword. And the Bible says in the Lord's Prayer, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. As you have the high priest Jesus who sits in heaven over your case, the Bible says he forever makes intercession for you. But how he does it actually is that there is a part he does, but there is also a part that he uses men to do on your behalf. That's why men are commanded to intercede. If it was up to him alone, there wouldn't be need to ask people to pray on that and intercede. 
But as he is interceding in heaven, actually, that's why the spirit prays through you. Because God intercedes through you. See, in the place of intercession, so much power is given to a man. Now, go back to the scripture we read. That's uh, uh, Ezekiel 22, verse 30. I sought for a man. Now, I am beginning to touch a little his communal service to let everybody know the importance of the power that you carry through Jesus Christ to be able to stop God from doing certain things. Now, that will sound big to many people. Oh, <laughs> Hallelujah. This is also the reason why I'm trying to let the church know. I've said that for a while. Visions are not finer. Visions are not finer. The declarations of a prophet are not finer. In, in the scheme of things, intercession can be more powerful than what is revealed. The only thing that is superior is the revealed word of God. But visions and dreams given to men can be uttered. Remember, I've told you in this short before, and this is very important for those who are listening. See, when you understand the true nature of intercession and the prophetic, you will not always be quick to give a message when something is revealed to you. When something is revealed to you, especially if it is negative about a nation, about a people, it does not mean it will automatically come to pass. Something can still be done. Now, men spoke in the Bible. God sent Elijah the prophet, the prophet of fire. He went to the, uh, to the king, to King Ahab, and he told him, when Ahab killed Naboth, first king chapter one, he said, you have killed Naboth. The very place where you have shared up, you have killed Naboth, dogs will eat your own blood there also. When Ahab heard the message, he went home, and the Bible says he was sad. They wanted to entertain him in the night. He refused entertainment. Then God said to Elijah, do you see how Ahab has humbled himself before me? I changed my mind. This evil declaration that I have spoken over this guy will not come to pass. I shifted to his son. May something but not be shifted to you. I said, he said, it will be his son. Now, if you were there and you heard when Elijah said, oh king, dogs will eat you, and you were there when he was being buried. Even though when they were washing his chariots, blood was flowing and some dogs came. But if you didn't see them eating his flesh and blood, you will say that the prophecy failed. Be careful of being quick, being too quick to utter out prophecies. Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, you can give other scripture, first king one, second king, sorry, second king chapter one. Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every truth. In second king chapter 20, Elisha came to a king called, sorry, Isaiah came to a king called Ezekiah. And he said, don't see the Lord. Put your house in order, you shall die. He did not say that you shall die if you don't pray. It was a certain declaration, a verdict. But you see, Ezekiel thought he didn't discuss with Isaiah. Ezekiel, so many in New Testament knew what some men in New Testament now don't know. Ezekiel just knew that even though I know Isaiah is of God, this guy brought a word from God, but this cannot be fine now. He turned to the wall and he began to pray. And he said, oh God, remember me now. As Isaiah was good, God said, go back and tell him, I have just added 15 more years. What about if the guy didn't pray? And I'll give you the reason. That second uh, testimony, after the matter of two or three witnesses, what about the third one, which is more vivid? 
the Lord said to a prophet called Jonah, if you read, God did not say, I will destroy the Nephi if they don't repent. There was no if in that word. It was a state, if I, in his own case, it was a verdict that carried date and time. In three days, Nineveh shall be destroyed. But the people of Nineveh, when they heard, it's not about the word spoken. It's about what to do after hearing what is spoken. If the right attitude is adopted, there can be an adjustment. So the people of Nineveh heard and they humbled themselves and they began to pray. You know why? I started two Sundays ago by showing us that the highest manifestation of God is the word of God. May somebody help me get this. The highest manifestation of God is the word of God. The reason for this is that it's not that God is always delivering changes. But no, the word of God takes preeminence in the scheme of things. The word of God is more important than any other revelation, visions, or dream. So when God is to make a choice about what he has said, what is revealed, what a vision, a prophet, and a written word, the word of God comes first. So what God is doing there is that, even though uh, Jonah said that, you shall be wiped off in three days, and that statement came from God, God defected back to the written word. Where he has said that, if my people that are called by my name, we humble themselves and pray. In other words, the everlasting word is that, anywhere men repent, I will change judgment. So I can reveal judgment to you ten times. Once a man repents, I have already said in my word. So it is my word versus my word, but I pick the word I have said before. Did you get that? So the dream could have come from God that this will happen in this place. Once the people go back to what is written, that it is written that if we repent, he will forgive. Once they go to what is written, what is written will take preeminence over the vision. You don't get that? If you know this and you are a prophet, you'll start being careful of talking. Because you can speak judgment over somebody. He can enter his clothes and begin to pray and God can say that you see, I changed my mind. You are forgiven. And you know what? God does not owe you an apology. It will pay you with your reputation. You begin to wonder, Jonah was not a bad guy. Jonah understood this. That was why he did not want to deliver the message. When the fire did not fall, look at the statement of Jonah later. Look at what he said. Jonah said that, was this not my words? That was why I didn't want to go. Give me where Jonah said that. As he just he made that statement. He said, you see, when you, when you contract, I, I said, I know you that you are merciful. After you push me to talk, you will now forgive them. They will now be laughing at me. So that was the reason why when that call came, they said, go to Nineveh. If you look at the map, he went to Tashi, direct opposite. Perfect disobedience. He was angry. Maybe this was not the first time that God was going to mess up his reputation. So he said, not again. When he said, I go and declare, declare, I'm not declaring anything. That was so, so it was murmuring at the end, and he said, I said, This is the see, this is the reason you are forgiving them again. I mean, you are forgiving them again. You are forgiving them again. This is why in the first place. No, no, I want to where he just said that I know. He said, Therefore, I fled before thee unto Tashish, for I knew that thou art a gracious God. Ah, can we know this even under the can we, a prophet of old covenant? He said, gracious God, merciful, slow to anger, of great kindness, and you will repent of evil. He said, I, I have that reverence. I know you. When you say you will deal with somebody, once they change, you'll change your mind. And my reputation. 
He says, I don't want, don't, when you want to send somebody to go and bless somebody, send me, but if you say judgment, you are going to change your mind. Because there is something, God has affinity for repentance. Once people repent, it draws God. That was why, where we started. He said that the people are annoying me. I want to pour my wrath on them. Even when he wanted to get, he was still saying that, can they just be a man? Why? God, exactly what Jonah said, he is slow to anger. It takes him, even when he wants to hit in anger, he's saying that what this guy has done, they serve justice. But can I find somebody that can just give me a reason why I should pardon and I will pardon? Can you imagine the people offended him? Instead of destroying them, he said, I sought for a man. He was looking for a man. That this is a cane in my hand. But can somebody just hold my hand so that I don't have to beat this guy? Ah, he said, I found none. I'm, I'm feeling bad. I will have to ponder because I found none. When you are a member of a church, may you have a voice covering you. People praying for you. It's important you pray for yourself. But it's also important that you have people praying over you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is where people live a solo life. Which face every social, the end time is encouraging that many might be destroyed. Just watch natural world. It's very easy to understand. Interestingly, Satan does not change his tactics. The, whether lions or wild dogs, wild dogs, they said they are the most successful hunters. But they can be, a tar, it might be about 30 of them. Even if they find a lion stranded, they will kill him. I've seen many of them for wild, wild dogs and hyenas. Hyenas will be laughing hysterically till they will kill the animal. You know, I saw a deer wandering around inside water for the white dogs. And they stay by the riverbank. They chill there. That when you are tired, you will come out. And after a crocodile showed up, so the guy was in between the two of them. And the white dogs took their time. They were, they were drinking water. They were so settled that you shall come and meet us here. <laughs> you know, I feel like praying for the deer. Oh, God, <laughs> send hell from above. This is, <laughs> hallelujah. Are you, are you with me? At the end of the day. So, they will see. Sometimes, that's what amazes me. The number of buffaloes or deer passing. They are many times more than lumber and lions hunting them. They will be coming. Hundreds of them. The lions will just take position. They only need one to veer off. Then they call you. They just separate the guy from the rest. And then they hunt. Every time. I have seen this, this same uh, pack of uh, whatever, I don't know whether the name they use for large ed, uh, deer together. You know, they all have name. <laughs> I think they say it's, it's a congregation of crocodiles that they call them. That's the name. <laughs> a pack of wolf, a pride of lion, uh, well, which one again? So they all have names. Pride of baboon. Uh, uh, so when I saw that, uh, what they call, there's a name for igu. It's a... You, 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 <sighs> Read stuff like this now, they will help you. <laughs> but I think I saw, I can't even, I think I saw a congregation of crocodiles. I said, they changed that word. <laughs> congregation is for church, that is bad. <laughs> they use a demon of crocodile or something like that. Because the work they do does not resemble what we should be doing in the congregation of the saints. Are you, are you with me? <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. They just cause one to go. They call Lion the king of animals. But there is no lion in his right senses that will take up a rhino alone. It's not possible. 
But when they are four or five, the greatest problem of snakes, whether anaconda or whether snakes walk alone, believers don't know. And there are people who are chunking out teachings like that on social media. Stay at home, no organized religion, just know God for yourself. That is not in the Bible. Paul warned that do not neglect. Yes, saints will offend you. People will offend you in the church. You can't be among 100 people and not be. Why don't you stay at home and not work? Because God will offend you at times in the office. Then say bye bye to all your siblings also because you have, you've had the quarrel with your brother. Can you grow up with three other siblings and say that for 20 years, no quarrel? I mean, I don't understand why people, when it comes to you, just okay, okay, you know, and then they stay. No. And I tell you, but I see, if they ever fall a victim, they get into trouble in one church. The pastor does something terrible. Look for this. If, GT, if a bank misbehaves, you go to another bank. You don't say you start keeping all your money at home. I get what I'm saying. Yes. And if you are in a church, if a member offends you, report to the leaders. Don't walk away because of somebody. It's true. Because that does not represent everybody. Individual thoughts are just coming to like you are coming. Somebody can just put up an attitude. Don't define others by that. But let the leaders know this person know, please pay attention to this person. They did this. It's important. There was a leader that was going to trip up Pastor Deboy from the dean when he joined as the only intellectual, the only educated person in that sense, the only person. Satan saw the way he was going. He was one of the leading elders in the church. But thank God he went to tell Parker Delmi. Who told him to do the impossible? Go and beg guy. He said he nearly died. He said, Daddy, you didn't hear all I said. This man called me, this company. The guy wrote him a letter, asked his son to help me write a letter and called him all kinds of names. Said, yeah, I mean, they made you youth leader. You are useless. You are said all sorts. But anyway, so when he was reading it to the Jew, he was stressing those words. <laughs> Thinking that the Jew would get angry. I said, he said all that about you. He said the Jew was taking orange. He listened to everything. He said, oh, he said all that. He said, my son, go to his house and beg him. I think he said that when he opened the door of the castle of sitting at the front, he sat at the back. He didn't know. He, 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 he didn't expect that kind of answer. And when he got to the man, the man came out and continued to insult. He thought, he said, actually, when he saw him, by the way, he, thought, he said, the guy first thought that he was, he was annoyed by, he thought he was coming to beat him up. So he was as prayed. But Baba came down and prostrated for the man. I'm just sorry. So the man started again. Oh, so you, are, you know how to beg. And went on. But when the man saw that this boy won't fight, then okay, I'll forgive you. But he said years later, he was giving a testimony all that time. He was an elder boy. He had, back, he had left the faith. He said that he vowed before Satan that he would take down three people from the church. That he would take them to hell with him. He said the Jew and the youngest, the brightest young man, Pastor Deboe. So years after, when God restored him, you know, people can be in church and they've left Christ. And stay inside and be giving problems to those who are coming in. So one day he repented and he was given testimony by himself on the pulpit that Satan just occupied his heart and he said, I won't fall alone. I will make sure I made this people to lose. So he was saying all that. And he was repenting on the pulpit. And Pastor Debo, Babas, uh, uh, the Geo sat beside him, packing down on me, ready to take the message. Pastor Debo will interpret. He just told me, he said, You see what I said, you should beg him. That there are some people you just beg. You beg them and they will leave you alone. You see, at times, what spiritual people see sitting down, even if you rent private jets, 
and you view, you won't see it. Don't be in a congregation where you don't trust the leader. But if you are in one, trust. As long as it's not a place of control. If I come to yours and I tell you that where your TV is is not the right place, I'm overstepping my bounds. You understand what I'm saying? That is no more leadership. That is that's control. I cannot talk about a married woman dressing. Once her husband is okay with it, what is my own? I mean, Mariam. Are you getting what I'm saying? We must not overstep. You cannot tell me that you want to buy a car and I will be telling whether God is saying you should buy or not. I know that's what some people do. And you will listen to somebody that will destroy. I don't have knowledge of your business. I cannot... I can cancel according to the word of God, but I cannot say, oh, pastor, I want to buy in life. Should I buy or should I not buy? No, don't buy. Go and buy in uh, Yaba. <laughs> they might swindle you and your land. Some things are your personal decision to make. It's very important. Praise the Lord. Are you getting what I'm saying? Angela, I listened to a pastor who was talking about it. I totally agree with him. You, you, you don't control people around people's life. Pastor, which school should our children go to? Now, if it's about to give you fat and figure, I can say that, ah, this one is very expensive, but the decision is yours. But you don't expect the Holy Spirit to be using the power to tell you whether you should send your children abroad or tell them to stay here. You pray and make up your mind. See, where even if the person is hearing from God every minute, the moment you begin to ask those questions, you will get him into trouble. He will tell you nonsense and you are both guilty. Some will almost ask a prophet where they should go to the toilets. No, sit down there. Questions, you know, I, I, you, <laughs> are you with me? Lord, I will have to continue this next week. Let me just take about five more minutes. I don't be showing about, just about that. Are you getting what I'm saying? Intercession. I'll give you this example. I will close. Moses. The Lord looks for a man. It's as if when the Lord says, I'm angry. It's not final. He's announcing to you so that you can beg him. Did you get that? In Numbers 14, let's start from verse 21. Numbers 14. They provoke him. He was so angry. I said to Moses, I'm going to destroy these people. He said, but as truly as I live, all the earth will be filled with my glory. Next verse. Because those men who have seen my glory, my miracles, which I did in Egypt, I have tested me now ten times, I have not acting to my voice. He said, this is their tenth time that they are provoking me. Next verse. Maybe we should start from... They will not see the last. Start from 20. But I, we will go down. The Lord said, I have pardoned... Let's start from 15. According to thy word. Let's start from 12. They are looking like... It's a long read, but I will just keep... Okay, let's start from 11. That's the final, let's start. <laughs> and the Lord said to Moses, how long will this evil provoke me? How long will, will it be that they, they, they fail to believe me for all the signs that I have showed, showed among them? Next verse. I will smite them with pestilence and disinherit them 
I will make thee of a greater nation and mightier than thee. This is serious. And Moses said to the Lord, Then the Egyptians will hear. Oh, intercession is powerful. He said, You brought this up with thy might. Next verse. And they will tell to the inhabitants of this land, For they have heard out the Lord and so forth. Your pillar, I said, What happens to the pillar and the cloud you have been showing us? Next verse. If we shall kill this people as one man, man, God is dangerous. Over two million people as one man. <laughs> because he will just say, Die, and everybody. That's what he said. He was saying, For saying that, I'm not going to be killing them one by one. He said, All of them as one man. That means one, once, they are gone. <laughs> he said, What would the nation say? They have heard your faith. Next verse. They will say the Lord was not able to bring them in. Moses was using style. They said, they are going to say that you got them halfway. So you couldn't take them in, so you killed all of them. I go say, ah, they will say that. He said, yes. That is exactly what they will say. <laughs> Next verse. <laughs> and I beseech thee. Let the power of my Lord be great, according to as thou hast spoken. I, as thou hast spoken, say it. Did you see what I said before? Moses heard God talking, but he referred to what he had said before. He said, be, be, beyond what you are saying now, through a prophet or true, there is what you have said. And forever, O Lord, thy word is settled. He said, you have spoken that the Lord is long-suffering. Of great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the Father, and upon when did God say this? That should be Exodus 34. When Moses said, Show me your glory, the Lord said, Ah, you cannot see my face and live. He said, There is a place in the rock. When I'm passing, I will keep you there. You will only see my back. And when God was passing, what Moses heard was I said again the voice saying, The Lord, the Lord, merciful and compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, abounding, showing, forgiving iniquity, transgression, and sin. That was the voice that ushered God in as he was passing and Moses was in the rock. Moses copied that. Now, wow. Go back to Exodus 34. I want to show you where he. So it was a revelation. He heard it. That's so when God is passing by, this is the statement. Now, scholars are not clear whether it was Moses that was saying it or God saying it, but I believe it was God saying it. Moses said, Moses said yeah, that according to what you have said, and I'm verse 10 or so. Hallelujah. He said, I make a covenant. No, is it, is it 33, 10, 33, 4? I just want that where he said that, where Moses repeated, where God said what Moses said later that we read now. Give me that verse. All of, you can look for it for the first point of what, what chapter of us? Verse 6. 34, 6. Hallelujah. 34, verse 6. And the Lord passed by before him. Let's start from 5. Even if I stop here, we understand what I'm saying. And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with, with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. Now, this was in answer to 33, when he said, show me your glory. God said, oh, you can't see me. He said, anyway, because it is you, Moses, let me show you a part of myself. So the Lord came down. And the Bible said, and the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering, abundant in goodness and in truth, 
showing mercy to thousands. Next verse. Keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity, transgression, and sin. So it looks like as the glory was passing, Moses was hearing a voice saying, The Lord, the Lord, merciful and gracious. Abound in steadfast Lord, showing mercy to thousands, forgiving iniquity, transgression, and sin. And the Bible said, when Moses said that voice, he just covered his face. I can't see this one. So that day, that thing remained with him. And when God said, we'll destroy him, he said, but you said on that day that you are merciful and gracious. And when he said it, God said, ah, ah, now fall my hand. He said, no problem. He said, I pardon them as you have said. He said, but I will find a way. I will punish them, but I'm not killing them again, and I'm not wiping them off again. He said, but for the elderly ones among them, they are not entering that promised land. You have said I should not kill them, I won't kill. I should not destroy, I will not destroy. But that promised land, these guys will not enter. He said, for children, I pardon those, or they will enter. Older men, no death again, but enter the promised land, no. Intercession. Moses did it again in number 16. Maybe this is from verse 41 or so. Again, the people provoked God again and he was about to do something. Verse 41. Then Moses began to say again, you have killed the people of the Lord. Verse 42. And it came to pass, when they gathered against Moses and Aaron, they looked towards them, they saw the glory of the Lord. It appeared in the form of cloud. Everybody saw it. Next verse. And Moses came, and Aaron came before the tabernacle of the congregation, verse 44. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Get you all from among this congregation, that I might consume them as in a moment. <laughs> God is always definite about his pattern of destruction. He said, in a moment, he said, you know what, Moses, just leave them. Don't stand among them, because something is about to fall on them. And Moses said, ah, no. And the Bible says, Moses said, Aaron, he fell before God, but Moses understood a divine protocol. There is an instrument called censer. It's for burning incense. That was what Aaron must enter the oldness of all with to offer incense before God. Moses said, please, take it to them. He said, you know what, Aaron, what you don't know is that God is saying, I want to destroy them. By now, destruction is already going on. The power of the Almighty's anger he only said, I will, by saying I will, already. By the time Aaron got there, over 14,000 had died already. He said to Aaron, that get between the living and the dead and stand there. Just hold the censer in your hand and stand. When God saw the censer, ah! He just went back. Imagine, the next guy on the line was just saved that Aaron... Those who died, died because Aaron did not arrive before Roth got to them. See, God was using everything to point to when Jesus will finally come. That through him, we have escaped. We have passed from death to life. For all have sinned and come short blood. Of the when they tell people about redemption, they don't understand. Why should I give my life to Christ? I live well. I live clean. Nobody's clean, not for God. Jesus He's our own high priest. Call it our censor. Call it every. He is the one standing. Hey. And when the father looks at his righteousness, hey. the plague, the judgment stops. Hey. 
Glory to God. Praise the Lord. It was showing them pattern. But what we go with is, how can the almighty God give such a power to a man that he is coming and the man says, no, enough. And he says, okay, I stop here. And Moses did it two times. The way he was talking, his anger was born. As it was pouring, a man just said, no, Lord, look at me. But before Aaron could do it, he was holding something beyond himself. That's why the righteousness of Jesus that is on us is powerful. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Is somebody with me? Yes, sir. I end this message to say, there can be a statement. That's what many people, and then somebody can say, I've seen a vision, destruction over Nigeria. My brother over there, can he can just wake up in the morning and there's a body to pray for Nigeria. He said, I sought for a man, not even the whole church, one man. He can just pray for 30 minutes and for his sake, judgment over the nation is taken away. The Almighty can do that. I am showing you that the prayer of one saint can be that effective. One saint. One person. When we start letting the Bible show us who we are, we start walking in power and great glory. Knowing that Jesus has paid every price. Now we are free. Now we are strong in him. Now we can say no to darkness and it has to stop. See, let this come into your prayer life. Something that maybe the more we are, the more God will answer. No, one man, I saw for one man. When God finds one man, one man is enough for him. Moses did it alone. One man is, is okay, one man. One man who sits on his bed. Who ate Panayama and he lied in the night. But who has enough courage to yield to the Holy Spirit to wake up in the middle of the night to say, Lord, I want to pray for Lagos State. I want to pray for this one man. That way, you will not stop. You will stop waiting for, okay, what we pastor do, what we try to do. But you know that as a Christian, greater is it that is in you. You can control things on your streets. You can speak the word over your state, over your city, whatever you have. You can play it. Everybody pray in tongues wherever you are. That's the dimension of the communion tonight. Zusaproto. Can we, we can begin to serve? Can somebody have the courage to look what is going on in your family and around you? What are you calling people to come and when the high priest is the one seated, you, when the priest is the one, you have been made king and priest. Intercession. Tonight, some watching me, you might have to rise up right now tonight and intercede for your entire family and command an end to certain pattern, to certain things. The word of God gives strength. I have just shown you from God's word that God believes so much in man. If man can stay God's hand, man can actually order Satan to go in the name that is above every other name. Zusaprata 
Shall we all rise as we begin to take the complaint as they give everybody? I am giving you authority. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Keep praying as you are taking it. Thank you, sir. Truth empowers. Truth strengthens. Truth energizes. Truth empowers. Because of the dimension, the direction we have gone tonight, the anointing is steered already. So you can speak. You can speak with authority. The power of God is coming in through the communion we are taking tonight. Any kind of disease tonight will pass out of your system as this communion is taken. Whether sickness, disease, spell, attacks, we are showing the Lord's death till it shall come. Balakatosaya. Begin to tell yourself that you are the body of Christ, a member of the body of Christ. Nothing is allowed to stay in your body, nothing is allowed to stop you, nothing is allowed to hinder you. By the blood of Jesus, every blood disease is dealt with tonight. Let it also be that people are receiving the spirit of revelation. Light shining on your path. If you all have the brain, if you all have the body and the blood, just take it and continue praying. We've already spoken over it. That is the body of Christ broken for you, and the blood shed for you, and the life of Jesus is in us. Thank you, Jesus. Continue praying for one minute more. Thank you. 
Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Look at me, everybody. So many things are happening. The power of God is moving. But I just want to say this. The ministry of intercession is the opposite of the ministry of accusation. I have discovered that there is no neutral ground. If you don't intercede for people, you will accuse them. Every pastor, every leader, every departmental head, every father, mother, siblings of yours, they need your intercession. If you're interceding for people, you'll find it difficult to count their faults against them because you are upholding in the place of prayer. Jesus said it this way, Simon, Satan has desired to have you that he might sift you like with self. I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. You can uphold people in prayer. You can pray for people instead of accusing them. The body of Christ is filled with people accusing one another. We will not pray for one another, but we are quick to accuse when something goes wrong. Begin to let or put people in prayer. The more you pray for people, the less you talk about them. Because you have confidence in God in whose hand you have placed those people. Yes. Pray for ministers of God. They are men. Pray for every Christian brother, every Christian. Pray for every head of every family. Pray for children. Once we don't, we open up people to attacks. And then we blame them. And then we criticize them. And then we talk about it. Even when God told Samuel that he had rejected Saul, the Bible says Samuel cried overnight praying. God now tells Samuel that Otito, go and appoint another king. That was why it was difficult for Samuel to let go of Saul. Because he kept praying for him. When you are truly praying for people, you don't accuse them. But when you don't pray for people, it's very easy. If you are praying for the body of Christ in Nigeria, you'll find it difficult to attack. Because like you are countering your investments. We must pray. We must intercede. It is the missing part, missing link right now that the Lord is calling for. Yes. Jesus, we give you praise. Lord, we thank you. We worship you. All praise to your name. In Jesus' name. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior, and from today I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late, you are born again, you are part of God's family right now, you can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. Stay blessed.